everyone. I was reading a piece by Michelle Goldberg in the New York Times recently called The Future Isn't Female Anymore. It was very compelling. Its main thesis was that the feminism of two years ago and even of 20 years ago, with its Me Too slogans, its pushes for legislative action against Trump, and its marches, which dissipated as quickly as they formed, were no longer as stimulating for new generations of women or Democrats in general. Part of this was because, according to Ms. Goldberg, feminism had become commercialized, glamorous, and, well, a brand. This transformation meant that feminism would become synonymous with women pursuing prestige and power. You can see this in the girl boss hashtags, the quote, future is female clothing, which yes, I definitely owned a pair of tennis shoes that had this, and Beyonce's proclamation that we woke up flawless. Now, don't get me wrong, anyone who knows me knows that I am obsessed with Beyonce and aspire to be her best friend one day. Seriously. But Beyonce put out a whole album called Lemonade, where she laid bare her own vulnerabilities and feelings of betrayal after being cheated on by her husband. Lemonade was a Jungian story that was not about perfection, but about wholeness. It was an album that was a dark night of the soul style, plunging into and moving through trauma so as to come out on the other side into the art of relationship. Its highest value was not power or prestige, but love. You can see where this is going, can't you? There's a kind of irony in the feminist movement being hijacked by the power principle, isn't there? I mean, part of why we criticize male-dominated spaces in the first place is not the fact that it's men dominating, but that domination itself is held as the highest value to live one's life according to. The problem is not about men per se, but about being addicted to power, which is an insatiable, all-consuming addiction that can never actually be fulfilled. So much of the West's greatest wisdom traditions have warned man against this, girl, against adopting this orientation. Look at the story of Icarus, who flew too close to the sun and drowned in the sea. Or King Midas, who became obsessed with gold and then accidentally turned his son into gold. Or how Cain's need for validation transformed him into a bloodthirsty murderer who killed his brother. The quest for power and prestige above all else never ends well. I spoke recently with Jamie Kilstein the other day about this and how this has impacted women in particular. We were talking about social media and how being on social media can affect our careers, but how that constant need for dopamine, for validation, for feeling like you have power and influence can actually become an addiction. Have a listen. All the research shows if you're off social media, you're going to be a happier person, right? Yeah. But I go, well, what about for me who has to make a living? Cal can make a living because he's the no social media guy. So he found that niche and everyone can sign up for his mailing list and he has a successful podcast. And, you know, I made a joke with him. He was like, well, I'm doing it. And I was like, yeah, but you can go on Tim Ferriss's podcast. Get me booked on Tim Ferriss's <laughs> podcast and I too will get rid of my Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Like, I would love that. And he gave me... We did an experiment at the end. And of course, mm. uh, also the happiest I've ever been where it's like, plug your phone in like it's a rotary phone. 
like put it on. So if somebody calls you, because mine's always on silent, Mm -hmm. but it's away. You're not just like dicking around when you're on your, you know, uh, watching TV or whatever. And it was like, post your content from your laptop, not on apps, like stuff like that. But then once, you know, comedy and podcasts and shit like that started taking off, I was like, yes, same as you, where I'm like, okay, I got to make up for lost time. I guess I got to like, I got to have a take. And, uh, And of course, again, great Jamie timing. I was like, you know what? Let's talk about nuanced politics and let's have takes. And then the next day it was like Roe v. Wade being overturned. And I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. I just want to talk about fucking music and mushrooms. I do think it's possible though. To to clarify, to clarify, I did not miss it when I was off. I oh, only of not. I only craved it once I got back on. And I think that that's because, you know, they say we shape our environment and simultaneously our environment shapes us. And I think I've really like and as much as I don't want that to be true, I have to, you know, come to terms with reality. That is certainly true for social media. I do think it is possible for you, Jamie, yeah. and for others, but specifically for you, Jamie, to build um, a way of being, to live a way of being where you're able to be financially um, successful from putting out content and while simultaneously not being on social media as much. And the reason for that is if we give, if we, if we think of another example from a different century, yeah, I've been reading a lot of um, Jungian authors. I don't know if I was reading this when I last spoke to you, but I don't know. um, That guy was hilarious on Snapchat. (laughs) I've heard about, I've heard about how both on Snapchat and TikTok. Yeah. Carl Jung is like becoming, (laughs) I think, but anyway, um, I so I was reading about Emily Dickinson. Okay. And Emily Dickinson was one of those authors who you know was brilliant and her, you know her claim to fame is obviously her literature, her poems, etc. But another claim to fame of hers is the fact that she didn't commit suicide. And this is very important because there is a lot of authors and artists in the same sort of contemporary time um but it's in particular women artists. I literally thought she committed suicide and I realized I was mixing her up with something. (laughs) I, when you said that, I, yeah, I was just like, Oh yeah. yeah." But a lot of them did like a lot of them did. And there's this, there's this, um, interesting relationship with always needing to be in the public eye, right. Always needing to be public and being driven to suicide. Yeah. And so from a pure health perspective, let alone financial perspective, and obviously those things are interrelated, we have to reorient our relationship. I certainly, I'll I'll speak for myself. I have to reorient my relationship with what it means to be public. And I also need to understand the value of privacy. One of my favorite writers also alluded to this, Michaela Cole, who won the Emmy in 2021 for Outstanding Writing for a Limited or Anthology series for her show, I May Destroy You, which is amazing. You have to check it out if you haven't watched it. Let me repeat that one more time. In a world that entices us to browse through the lives of others to help us better determine how we feel about ourselves and to in turn feel the need to be constantly visible, for visibility these days seems to somehow equate to success. Do not be afraid to disappear from it, from us, for a while, and see what comes to you in the silence. 
This need for visibility, which social media fuels, is part and parcel of the power principle. And of course, there's an irony here, right? Because I'm sharing this on social media. And I'm not saying that social media is all bad. But what I am saying is that we need to place it on the right level. And that power cannot and should not be the end-all, be-all that we're striving for. And it's ironic that the feminist movement became this way. Because it means that it started to remake women in the image of the impulses of man. Feminist commentator Shana Alexander put it this way. She said, The women's movement opened up Pandora's box. We wanted to be equal, but we forgot that we are different from men. There is something about woman that is inexorably tied to an implicit, embodied understanding of cycles of the unchanging, eternal tides of birth and death, of give and take, of the cyclical, ritual, rise and fall of life, of the rising of the sun by day and the rising of the moon by night, rhythm, which is the coming together of sound and silence, relationship, the act of relating to and integrating the opposites, which Promethean man can never know, at least not in the same sense that woman knows. And by know, I mean knowledge in the 4E cognitive science sense of the word, knowledge that is not simply in the head, but which is embodied, embedded, enacted, and extended. This is a far greater and comprehensive knowing. And it is the opposite of power because relationship is the antithesis of possessiveness. And we all, man and woman alike, must learn how to overcome our drive to possess. But woman in particular can teach man how to do this. And perhaps it is that noble task which can reinvigorate the feminist movement if we give it a chance. (laughs) 